Welcome back to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson. Today's guest is artist and tattooist Carla Benzi. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for coming, <laughs> into, the, uh, t- coming into the shop. Who is Carla Benzi? Um, well, that's a good question. I am a 30-year-old artist uh, that lives in Queensland. Yep. I have my own private tattoo studio um, and I draw. What got you into that? other things. Uh, which part? <laughs> well, yeah, just the the, uh, the drawing, I guess. I guess drawing is where it would have started at some point. Yeah, so I've always drawn. I've sucked at reading and writing, so drawing was the best next best thing, I guess. And um, that's how I got my way through school. Just drew in my maths books, my English books, and eventually made a living out of it. Wow, so I literally just got through, got through the... The English and math part by drawing through? Yeah, failed yeah. those. Yeah. Ended up dropping out of them. <laughs> yeah. And just picked up more art classes. So, and um, I've met most of my th- friends through art too. So, it's kind of um, my whole life, really. It's one of those things, I guess, just in general of uh, the people you surround yourself with, the people that, you know, influence you probably the most and, and whatnot. I guess that's the sort of thing that's happened to you as well. Yeah. Well, it like, I know, like, as soon as I left school, I steered away from the art world just because I didn't like the perception of going to galleries and it just seemed real boring. That's why I went straight into tattooing. And then I found tattooists to be very interesting people and their world is completely different also. Um, So I went out by myself and thought if I do the best of both worlds, I can nail it. Wow. And that's pretty much what you did? Yeah, worked in a number of tattoo studios and learnt what I could from them and what I didn't want to do and yep. and um, eventually just head out on my own and now I draw part-time and tattoo part-time. When you first started the art side of things at school, did you have like a specific um, style, like basically like a style or anything then? Uh, anything with skulls and grim reapers and... Evil stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the path. Yeah, going yep. to a Catholic school didn't go down too well. I think my mum copped a lot of grief from people saying I needed counselling, but she's pretty supportive. So, yep. I still like doing skulls and grim reapers. <laughs> <laughs> There's one constant that's lived through. Yeah. Did your um? Did you like? Did you have a family background in some sort of creative industry? My mum's creative and my dad used to be a draftsman. He used to create um, the plans for the naval ships before a computer replaced him. Oh, really? Yeah. So I got all his pencils and pens and um, my mum would like make ceramic pots and sell them at the markets. And so they were very supportive. Yeah. Because mm. that job, I guess, the drafts, drafts person job, um, just as much as it's obviously a really serious, I guess, very serious job, it's still a creative creative pursuit, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess you need to want to know what you want to draw for it to happen on paper. Yep. Wow. And that's, yeah, just seeing, like, I remember doing, um, like, uh, graphics and that at school. Like, the creative stuff's not my forte. <laughs> like, it's really, actually, not much at school really was my forte, mm. but uh, we'll get we'll get past that. <laughs> But the, I remember just going through it like this is how you drew a 3D box and I'm like, I just looked at it for I think a few lessons and it's hard, hey? See, like that was the best part for me because like people like you would have like come up to me and be like, can you do it for me? And I'd be like, yeah, right. We would have been buddies because you would have been doing all my other subjects for me and I would have been doing drawing. <laughs> no, I really wasn't good at much other stuff. <laughs> no, oh, that was you, something you could have played in the dirt with cars with me then. That's yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. That would have been fine. So. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. So that was where it started, basically art at school. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And did you grow up around here? No, I grew up in Canberra. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not much to do down there. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents could never afford for us to go to the snow or go skiing. Like we'd go to like the little local snow ground and go yeah. on the toboggan. But yeah, yeah, nothing really exciting. Like couldn't go out on the weekend and just drive down to Byron Bay or up to the Sunshine Coast or 
got a pretty good lifestyle up here, hey? Yeah, it's really. perfect. Yeah. Climate, the location of everything that's around, it is a good yeah. spot. If, if we were in Canberra right now, we wouldn't be wearing jumpers because this would be too hot. Like Yeah, Canberra's odd. Like, I know. <laughs> one day it'd be hot, one day it'd be freezing cold. Yeah. I got rid of all my old clothes. Like I don't wear gloves anymore, beanies. It's Just ditched. Yeah, because it's not cold enough up here. Like it's cold for two hours in the morning and that's it. Then it's done. Yeah. What's your, um, how does somebody go from school into a tattoo studio? Um, so I finished school yep. and I was lucky because my mum moved to Queensland mm-hmm. and I said, I'm coming up and I just walked into a tattoo studio with help from a family friend that we met because uh, back then it was all bikey run. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he was, his best mate was in a bikey gang. And so I went into surface to one of the bikey shops and showed him my portfolio and I was working the next week. And, um, yes, I was there for a while and and then from there I'm, I moved to Brisbane to another studio and I got that job within, like, two days of applying too. Like, I've never had a problem mm. with my portfolio. People just hire me, which is good. Yeah, that's an <laughs> awesome thing. Obviously, like a talent, like once you've got a talent like that, it's desirable at any position, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it makes life easy. When did you do your first tattoo? Um, oh, probably I bought a really crappy machine off of eBay and I had some really dumb friends that I um, did, a t- <laughs> <laughs> did a few tattoos on. Yeah, a little bit embarrassing. It's like what you're not meant to do. I did it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just... No got my rules. first tattoo yeah. as a home job and I'm like, oh, someone came up to me now and said that I'd just shake the head, but I did it. So it's hard to judge, <laughs> hey? <laughs> yes. Did, did you like, is there much, and same deal, like I don't know, is there much uh, transfer from being drawing to tattoo? Is yeah, it- completely different. Like every skin's different. Wow. Like people are different. Like some people's skin react different to other skin and, um, yeah, it's, you're working with a different canvas every day, whereas paper is not going to change and doesn't talk to you and yeah. it's quite peaceful. Mm. It can be boring at times. Was, was, <laughs> was that a learning curve, the, the first time you tattooed on skin? Was that a big learning curve or was it something that you, you found natural straight away as well? I think I don't ha- – I, I wasn't um, born with much fear so or regret. <laughs> So it kind of get into it. went straight into it. And if that line was wobbly, it was like, oh, well. Yeah, let it be. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't really think too much about it. Yep. Um, so I guess it helped, but sorry to anyone that. <laughs> anyone in those first few experiences? Yes. Wow. Yeah. How was that at first experience of being inside, you know, the studio at the Gold Coast and stuff like that? Oh, it was so scary. Like I, really? if someone would walk in and, and they'd be like, all right, now you got to say hello to them and ask them if they need help. And I'd just sit and stare at them and I'd be afraid to say anything because I'm like, well, if they don't ask for help, I shouldn't need to talk to them. So how old are you at this point? You must be 17, 18. I was somewhere. just 18. Yeah, just turned yeah. 18. And so, yeah, like, and I'd had to answer the phones and... It was called Bob's Pleasure and Pain. So Bob, Bob was a big bikey guy and, and he'd ring me up all the time to test my phone manager and I'd be like, hi, it's Carla, this is Bob's Pleasure and Pain. And he'd be like, <laughs> Carl, this is Bob, hang up, answer it again. And I'm like, ooh, I'd have to hang up. And he'd ring up and, and I'd have to be like, this is Carla from Bob's Pleasure and Pain. Like, and he's like, do it more manly. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At 18? <laughs> yes. Wow. Um, Yes, that was a learning experience. And I had to learn to pierce too. And piercing wasn't something I was interested in. And yeah. I had no friends to practice on because I just moved from Canberra. So my mum's like straighty 180. She, I'm wow. like, mum, they're going to fire me if I don't do a, a piercing. So she's like, all right. So she came in and I'm sitting there with the needle like <laughs> shaking and I've just stabbed her in the ear with it. And she just sat there, but it's like pissing out blood and... <laughs> it's very calm, but yeah. So then she brought all their workmates in and I was, had to stab them in certain ways and it was, yeah. They were all very patient with me, but <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> did it ever become, for the piercing part, did it ever become natural? 
Was no, it like, um, like schoolies week. I think I did like 400 piercings in that week because it was right on surface. Yeah. And like they'd want septum piercings and like there's a certain way to pierce the septum. Like you have to pin the skin down and try and get it between the cartilage and the, the skin. Yep. And I was never really taught properly. So I just kind of stabbed the cartilage until it went through and then I'd find a gap and it'd go through and then I'd put the jewellery in it, it'd be crooked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it'll heal better, off you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> Enjoy your schoolies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you see anyone wandering around, <laughs> what was this, how long stuff. ago? Say 30, 18 years ago. <laughs> so anyone that's wandering around, yeah, late 20s now. <laughs> There's got wobbly jewelry, <laughs> crooked jewelry. Damn. Oh, not so, a piercing now. No, that's that part of the school. Yeah, ditch that as soon as I could. So you went from there into Brizzy. Yeah. And was that another? That was another t- shop. Yep. Yep. I don't know if I can talk too much about shops I've been in mm. and stuff. Don't probably don't okay, mention cool. the name of the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you went to another shop. I went to another shop. Yep. That was it. Was fun and it wasn't. There was like twelve tattooists there. So. Wow. Yeah, it was full on. So it was a tattoo shop, like in somewhere like that. Yeah. Busy all the, like to have 12 people, 12 artists. Yeah. Is it always busy? Um, yes and no. Uh, like everyone did different styles and the mental hospital was around the corner. So it got busy on Thursdays when the mental hospital let their patients out and stuff. Different days were different. <laughs> you get different, uh, different crews on different days, eh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And at that time... Obviously, you're starting to think about doing your own thing. I I found a tattooist that I really liked his work of and I left there and worked with him. Yep. And then working with him for a couple of years really made me start to think if I want to do my own thing, only because he didn't accept. I I put a um, book of all my paintings in the shop and he didn't want it there. And I was like, well, isn't tattoo an art form? Yeah. And he didn't, he just wanted it to be a tattoo shop and not have art. And that's what made me think, well, like, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> so just playing out. I'm just going to do my own thing. Yep. So he actually, I had a knee reconstruction because I was playing gridiron at the time. And so he fired me because I couldn't work for a couple of weeks. And so in the meantime, I started setting up my own shop that way. And I was working with a friend down on the Gold Coast. And yep. Found a found a gallery, the shop I turned into a gallery, and I had that for three and a half years, and they're set to demolish it. So that's when I moved the gallery. Now I'm just a private studio. Oh, really? Yeah. So you had your own space. Yes, I had my own little art gallery, and it was I tattooed at the back, so no one knew that it was um, a tattoo shop. So I'd nice. have like all the little old ladies come in and show you their kids' photos and they just thought I had all the time in the world to kill. Meanwhile, I had, like, someone out the back with the half-back piece. And <laughs> wow. Yeah. How, how do you do, like, because usually creative creative side and business side are very hard to find. Yeah. How did you find that at the start, trying to turn your creative side into making a business? Because that I can be know. difficult. Well, I, I failed economics at school and business studies. Couldn't draw it. No, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't draw it. <laughs> I didn't understand the graphs. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I've just got screwed over so many times running a business. Yep. You learnt from your mistakes. Yep, fair so enough. So you kind of made me harden up and be a little bit tighter and a bit firmer. Because I, I signed the lease for my shop when I was 24 and I couldn't afford a lawyer then to go over the lease. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of went over it a bit myself and... I kept asking the real estate agent what those words meant. and <laughs> There's just no support. Yeah, well, yeah, it was hard, but, um, yeah, it got there in the end. I think that's the best way to learn, though, getting screwed over. You learn quicker. Yeah, you do. Learn from mistakes, hey? Yeah. No so, one screws me over now, which is good. No, you got it, you got it down pat. <laughs> yes. So how many years were you in the shop? About three and a half years. Yep. Was that a good experience? Yeah, it was good. Had a little shop window, used to decorate it and yep. like the whole street was cool little community, like all the business owners were friends and it was good, but none of them are there now because it's, it's up in Camp Hill. So yeah, that sucked. I'm still, like I still talk to them all and catch up with them. 
having a shop in a, in a space like that, I guess, for three years, it sort of becomes a big part of your life too. Yeah, definitely. It's a second home. You spend so much time there and that. Yeah. Although now that I'm I'm just working in my private studio, I find I don't have to get dressed as well for work. <laughs> yeah. Working from home can be a really good thing, eh? It's so good. <laughs> so I uh, initially met you obviously through you've just been doing a piece for, is it the Brisbane Portrait Prize? Yes. Now, let's talk about that. Okay, excellent. What is that piece? So that piece is of a very awesome dude called Toby Price. Yep. Dakar champion, obviously off-road racer. Champion of everything he touches. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. <laughs> yeah. So how, how long, and, and I'll get it, once you get your photos done, I'll put this on the video as well. Yeah, cool. How long has that piece taken? Uh, roughly 530 hours. So incredible. thanks to COVID, I finished it in time because <laughs> I wasn't tattooing. So it was perfect timing for it. Oh, I guess, yeah, the tattoo studio, you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, if it wasn't for that, I'd still be probably drawing it. <laughs> wow. So 530 hours, does that include sitting with Toby? The no. Um, I thought it was a couple of hours because I made him rearrange his whole shed. <laughs> so the, the piece, and as we say, the, the we'll have the photos up on the video. Yeah. The piece, is that exactly how the shed was set up at the time? No. <laughs> I feel really bad. I felt so bossy because actually I was really disappointed that his trophy truck was in America. Mm. I rocked up and I was like, ah, oh, where's your trophy truck? And he's like, in America. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I think he's pretty disappointed. It's over there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bet. Um yeah, so, you know, he pretty much let me tell him where I wanted everything. So he moved all these cars around. And, yep. Um, like, I was really worried because I saw, uh, I think it was like a documentary and he was in it about Fink Desert Race. Yep. And there's a clip of him vacuuming his house. And initially I thought, oh, man, this guy's a clean freak. Like, this shed's going to be immaculate. And <laughs> I rock up there and I was like... Like, I don't know, but can we move stuff and make it look a bit messy? And he's like, I don't even think we need to make it look messy. It's just pretty messy. And I was like, oh. So, yeah, we didn't, we'd moved things around and we just replaced, moved tools around. And, yep. And I'd, I couldn't really help too much because every time I did, that company wasn't sponsoring him anymore. So we couldn't have that in the photo. So I, was, I just watched him do it. <laughs> yeah, right. I so, guess, yeah, that plays a part in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. So, what you can show, what you can't show and stuff like that. Yeah, so I hope he doesn't lose any sponsors of the drawing that I've done because then it will be invalid, won't it? <laughs> nah, that, that's so far from what I've seen. It's incredible, hey? Awesome. Is that one of your favourite pieces you've done? Yeah, definitely. Like, do, you, do you have favourites? This is the funnest, okay. Yeah, and yeah, I do have favourites. and But it's been, I don't know, the... Most different because, like, I've drawn like I do a series of cows and stuff, and it's just it's fun doing cows and and they have meanings behind them. But like the piece I've done of Toby's got everything in it, and mm. we've got his trophies in it, and all the elements. Yeah, that. his bike from Dakar and yeah. the oil leak because I made him put it on the ground sideways. And <laughs> no, really, <laughs> yeah. So that's in the actual drawing. Yeah, just put a rag there because I was like, oh, it's going to stain the cement. <laughs> I can't wait to see the actual, the full one. Yeah, so, you have Will that to go be... and display somewhere like a studio here, like in Brizzy or what will happen with that? Well, I'm hoping it'll just sell straight up. So oh, Okay, sell, yep. Yeah, and, like, and then that person can display it forever. Yep. In wherever uh, they'd like to. I'm sure it'll go because like it... Yeah, once people do see it, if they haven't seen it already, it's it is incredible. Yeah, so. I, I was very, I was tossing up too whether to do prints or not, but I think I think I'll just keep it exclusive and just have the original. Yeah. I Toby might get a print if he's lucky. He might have to take me for a drive in one of his buggies first, though. Yeah, all of the trophy truck when it does. Yes, I could just be his navvy the yeah. next Baja. Because you do that, don't you? Yes, it's the only time. I'm allowed to tell my partner how to drive and where to go without him getting angry. <laughs> so, it's a KM? Yeah, it's a KM X3. Yep. So yeah. when the so as soon as you're out of the KM and back into the normal car, 
no deal. Yeah. <laughs> no, more no more backseat driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's the other, like, the reason why, mostly why he drives is because he sucks at Navi. Like, we were in Baja and he navigated me into a gully off a little cliff and we were stuck upright in the middle of the Mexican desert. That's so bad. I know. That's and like, really not where you want to be. And then a little Polaris pulled us out. That was even more intimidating. Like, oh, come on, the Polaris. <laughs> wow. Tell me about Baja. Um, yeah, so we went there in November. Just to last do like, year? Yeah, last year. What, for a pre-run? Or just, the... We just did a bit of a pre-run yep. with um, the guys at Off-Road Rush down in Yatla. Yeah. They organise yep. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was the best trip. We want to go back every year, but I, we're going to aim for next year now. Mm. But eventually we want to be in it. We want to be racing. Was it scary? Oh, no, not at all. I th we had an American guide and he like hyped everything up. Like I thought we were going to flip cars and roll over and it was going to cost us like thousands of American dollars to fix. And then yep. you'd go over this little bump that he says is like really bad and it was like, Oh, was was that it? Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because obviously it was before the track got torn up through a trophy trucks, yep. so it wasn't that bad. But um, and we, I'm pretty sure they took us on pretty moderate tracks. Yeah, like where we, because we watched the race when it was on, and within five cars in, it's a different track. So where does that go? It's is it Ensenadas? Yeah, it's a different track every year. So right. you don't know until I don't think they publish it officially until like six months out or something. Yep. Wow. So that was that was definitely a goal maybe for this year before all this sort of stuff happened. Uh, maybe. Yeah, we were, we were meant to do Fink this year. Um, that was going to be our first Fink race, and that yeah that got canned. So next year we'll have to do Fink and Baja. <laughs> That's a good year. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. So what's that? June and uh, November. Yeah, I think it's like catch up. Yep. Wow. Sorry, guys. No tattoos in those months. Yep, it's done. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, what was the experience like in Mexico? Take away the um, the driving part, navigating part. Oh, I was it a great there. experience? Yeah. yeah, tacos every day. Oh, how good! I that? had them last night for dinner. So good. Really? Yeah, favorite food. Very hard to replicate in Australia, though. Yeah, it is. Everything over there is so fresh, and mm. the people are so nice. Yep. Yeah, any day. I just like I was actually looking at property listings in Baja. I just want a patch of dirt in the desert over there. Just What's get property like, like over there, like value. Oh, I think around all the touristy areas close to the American border, it's it's expensive. But I don't. I think if you just found like a five acre dirt patch in the middle of the desert, yep. I reckon it'd be cheap as chips. Yeah, just need to find it. Mm, just need to find some. If hypothetically, if you did it, would yeah. you go over there and try and do something similar to what you've done here? Mm, probably not. I don't think. I think my only clients in Mexico would probably be the cartel for tattoos. <laughs> Don't want to get tied up with them? <laughs> not really. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so, and when I mention that, let's talk about your, your space that you've created. Yep. Was that a dream? Or um, was that just something that um, just gradually grew into that space? It was a little bit of a nightmare because we had so much problems with council and certification and originally because my partner's a boilermaker so he was building it out of a shipping container yep and then we've got a friend who's an architect and another friend who's an engineer so they planned the whole thing for me yep like like the just I always have the best friends and then council just would just paperwork after paperwork, things that I didn't even know existed, like someone wanted five grand to look for koala poo because we're out in the bush and um, like the building certifiers were asking... Five grand for what? To look for koala poo. To see if there's koalas in the property or something. Yeah, but yeah, because we're part of our property is a biodiversity area. Five grand. I know, crazy. And it was just random stuff, like we had to pay extra money because there's so many windows in the place, it wasn't energy efficient, but it was going to be solar powered. So it was just, it was too hard. So we canned it and we just got a shed company to build it and they dealt with council and council didn't look twice at their paperwork. So then I created the space from there and we made it bigger and better and made it two stories so I can do all my cutting and because I cut rocks and make things silversmith and do that stuff. So that's all my upstairs area. And then downstairs I've got my tattooing and I keep all my artwork and yeah. Yeah, it's just like the ultimate space. 
It really is. Like from what, from the photos and the video and that I've seen, it's yeah, it's the best creative space. Like second to none, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if I could have more windows in there, I would have, but it wouldn't have structurally held up. That's what the shed company told me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It was. I think we paid like fourteen grand for glass. <laughs> Jeez, you've got some windows in there. Yeah. Lots of windows. If you're going to do the shipping container, would that have been just a single story or would you have gone as high as you'd like a double or what no, was No, it was plan? just going to be for tattooing. So we got like recycled doors from the demo yard and yeah. we're going to have a deck that overlooked the dam, which mm-hmm. kind of, it all worked. It was like a blessing in disguise because then we had that bad drought last year and the dam got empty. Yep. So everyone would have just been looking into a muddy hole in the ground. It's a bit less desirable. <laughs> yeah. Because what it what it's turned into is is very special, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And and like um, I've tried to use as many recycled elements as possible and rustic look and yeah, yeah. It was it kind of sucked though because it was like we were doing it in the middle of summer. It was like forty two degree days, and then inside the shed it was even hotter. So we've both agreed that we never want to like renovate a house or do anything ever again. <laughs> This is it. Pay someone else to do it, yeah. Yep. So is the, is, the, is the shed in its form now? Like this is it? Like there's no... Well, there's one wall that we want to extend and um, like extend the mezzanine out and build racks so I can store my artwork on. But I've been putting that off because I, I race cars come first. <laughs> Such a good outlook. Yes. <laughs> we need to get the shocks done on the car first and we need yep. to spend those weekends racing studio can wait. <laughs> so were you always into, like, your partner, obviously? He, was, he must have been into the racing in some form. Um, or were you always into it or how did that come about? Oh, I've always had monster trucks as kids, like, have, like, thousands of monster truck remote control cars. But yep. I didn't think you could ever, like, own one in Australia that does cool things. So, <laughs> But um, it, it was funny because we were actually here looking for a Harley yeah. And he was umming up whether he should get a Harley or not. And I told him that he couldn't get one unless it was a two-seater. Mm. And he didn't really want a two-seater. So then he started looking into the the buggies and he started building one because yeah. um, he can. But then he worked so much, it never happened. And he bought me a ride at Off-Road Rush in their, yep. in their buggy. And it was just the best fun ever, driving around this manual buggy around their dirt track. How long ago was this? I reckon it was probably a good maybe five years ago. Yeah. And then in return I bought him one back because I was like, that was so much fun, he has to go. Yep. And then they were talking to us about the Baja trip and and then in the meantime he went, he just went to Canham and just bought the buggy because he's like, oh, I'm sick of building it, I'll just buy it. Bought it. I think he used it twice and he wrote it off and turned it three times. Really? Yeah, I wasn't impressed. I was so angry. Where at? Like um, at, a, at a race meeting or just? It was at a park and I don't think they accept um, UTVs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so I was I was tattooing and I get this phone call and he's like, uh, I think I wrote off the buggy because we were meant to go out the next day. And no. I was so pissed. Off. I was so angry at him. And he was more upset that I didn't care that he was injured or not. I didn't ask him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was more upset that I didn't get a go. (laughs) Wow. So it took him a couple of years to rebuild because it was flat pancake. Like Like proper, (laughs) proper write-off. And this thing wouldn't have been that old, obviously, at the the time. No, I think it only had like five hours on it or something. It was like nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, so it took him... A long while to get it all back together and all the engine in place and and now we're just fine tuning so we've just been going through a couple of belts and stuff and we've just put more air filters in to get yep so we're off to Don River um, that race is September start of September where's Don River up near Bowen and Ellie Beach kind of between yeah. there isn't the good thing about racing doesn't matter what it is but you get to see so many good places. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Like, yep. even if it's out west in the middle of nowhere, it's yep. just amazing. Yeah, so much. Where was the one that you did, um, was it three weeks ago? Yeah, that was Inglewood. Inglewood Cup. Um, that was really fun. That's out near Mill Merrin, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, past to- <laughs> past Toowoomba. Yeah, that's way yeah. way past. It's like three and a half hours west. Yep. Yeah. So we're out there. It's kind of between Texas and Inglewood. The race actually was. Yep. And um, yeah, it was so sandy. Like it was by the end of the, it was just hitting sand pits of bull dust, and it was just waves of it coming in. You couldn't see, and you just knew that you had to keep driving straight and wipe the dirt off your face mask and keep going. It was just awesome fun. Oh, that, yeah, that sounds like, a, yeah, just such a good experience. And we so. didn't roll it, so that was awesome. <laughs> have, you be, have you been in one that's rolled now? Yeah, we rolled in Dolby a couple of weeks ago and we got it on the GoPro. It was like, <laughs> it was just, it was like I had the arms up like, Mamma Mia, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we well, did no damage. It was such a slow roll, but it's just the inconvenience that we missed out on that time and that lap and we had to wait till we got flipped over. And Yep. They're yeah. pretty safe, aren't they? Yeah, you're like strapped really. in hardcore. Yep. Yeah, and everyone makes sure you're okay and the events are run really well, so... For sure. Yeah. Have you been out to Fink at all? No. As a spectator? No? No, not yet. Because like, why spectate when you can be in it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah. if you're going to go, just... Just go, be in it? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like like watching that Toby documentary and that... That looks like just such an event. Oh, yeah, definitely. Even just the experience of camping there. Like even if you don't get to race, I think it would just be awesome camping with everyone. A couple of my friends and myself are talking about it on the weekend about trying to do a trip out next year maybe for it. Yeah, Um, so you are. You have to. Lock it in. Yeah, I think that's the only way to do it, (laughs) but not to race it. So... um, because, yeah, I have to race it on two wheels and I'm just not that good. So. <laughs> well, you just do it, do it on four then. Yeah. Navigate somewhere maybe. <laughs> Navigate I, for Toby. Oh, no way. Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance I'm getting in there. So he'd, uh, it'd be a bucket list, but, oh, geez. Hand your resume in. <laughs> so fast. He is so fast. But, um, yeah. So you love that sport? Like it's something that you, you both just enjoy? Oh, yeah. Like I'd sell a house tomorrow and just buy a trophy truck. If, if we camped out of a trophy truck and got to do races every weekend, yep. it wouldn't mind me. That's the thing. Yeah. Wow. So back to art. You do design as well. Like design, um, obviously some jewellery manufacturing. Yeah, well, like, so I, like I go fosking and I find my own gems. Yep. And then I make jewellery out of it. And I, I used to sell a lot of it when I had the art gallery. Mm-hmm. But then now that I have my studio, it's too hard to put everything online. Yep. Because I, I had a clothing line too and that was in the gallery. But like, where do you stop? <laughs> yeah, it's you, you sort of start to just spread your business to... Yeah. Uh, Sort of everything, don't you? Yeah. So now I've just narrowed it back down. Like I still make my jewellery for fun. Yeah. But I've just narrowed it down to, to tattooing and drawing and and kept it there. And and when I can, I I do like silversmithing and have a cabochon machine and cut my rocks. And yeah. So how's how's the is the silversmith is the jewellery manufacturing? Is it? Yeah. So it's just like a little torch with a gas bottle and some silver solder and you yep. have like your hot pot where you quench things and how'd you learn that a friend of mine um dan he's actually in victoria at the moment sucks for him um <laughs> we had <laughs> he had his um shop down the road from mine yep. and so it was awesome i just shut my shop early on a wednesday or whatever and go down and use his kiln and this is the camp hill shop yeah right so he was just down in cooperoo and and he, because I, I don't like doing group things. Like he had group classes and yep. I'm a bit of a time hog. Like I just want to, and I'm impatient. Like I want to know everything now. Mm. So I used to just hire his space and his time and make him tell me what I wanted to know. <laughs> and he was good like that? Yeah. 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 Even let me take the doggy in there. and. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So I skipped all the um, the beginner's stuff and just. I want to make this, and he just showed me how to make that. Yeah, right. And now, is he doing the same job in Melbourne up until now? Yeah, well, they demolished his building too, um, roughly the same time as mine. So um, he packed his business up and converted it into a mobile van business, and he goes around teaching classes that way. That's pretty cool. Yes, he was travelling around Australia before he had to sit still. 
Oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. Like, obviously, the freedoms of that to now, it's a big difference. Yeah. So, you talked about the dog. Now, you're an absolute animal lover, hey? Yes. You've always been massive animal lover? Yes. They're like the best. <laughs> yeah. Better than humans. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but, uh, so... That, that obviously plays a big part in some of your creative pursuits too, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. If, like, I, I do a lot of um, stuff for animal charities and um, I try and do artwork that can help them and to yep. raise money for them because I, I like doing things that can benefit other people. Like, it it's, makes the artwork more meaningful. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a few things for different sanctuaries and... Um, profits from their sales go back to the sanctuary. So that's a, that's obviously a big part that you love, love to be part of, yeah? Yeah, for sure. So and I see in a lot of your um, like uh, photos and stuff, you've got like obviously Sea Shepherd stuff, you obviously support that as well in some... Yes, Sea Shepherd's yep. awesome. I actually contacted um, the founder of Sea Shepherd um, when we were over in America and I asked him if I could draw him. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, we're in LA on this time. And he's like, oh, I'm on the other side of America. Oh, no. And I was like, damn it. So that's on the cards eventually because yep. he has travel restrictions. Like he's been banned from everywhere. Really? <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Oh. Here we go. <laughs> you just put me in a mind <laughs> blank. Um, oh, my God. How embarrassing. Next question. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll come back to that. We've got uh, an assistant in here. <laughs> but um, I'm going to, like, kick myself after this. Like, yeah. oh, could you put his name? At what, at what, at what sort of, um, obviously you, you did it in school and everything, like for the art side of it, but what age did you find it was something where you think that this could be just for life, you could be an artist? Um, after I decided that taking blood out of people and being a clown probably wasn't a good profession. Um, <laughs> maybe I watched a joker last week and I found that out too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's an easy way to figure that out. Mm. I don't know, maybe, oh, geez, that's primary school? Really, that early? Yeah, because yeah. I always used to get like the bubble gums with the tattoos in mm. them. I used to buy them all the time and my mum always used to be like, oh, but you're never getting a real one. I'm like, yeah, never, mum. <laughs> when did you get your actual first? I waited till I was 18 because oh, my mum yep. had moved to Queensland and my dad was overseas for work and yep. my cousin picked me up and he's like, oh, let's get tattoos. And I was like, yeah, let's go get tats. So you did wait till 18 though? Yeah. And yep. I, I got it like, <laughs> I got an ice cream skull behind my ear because I had stretches and I was like, oh, I want to see it through my stretcher, I'll be yep. gangster. <laughs> and then I thought I could hide it with my hair for like the rest of my life. And then we had an Italian wedding like a week after I got it and my mum had flown down from Queensland and went straight up to my cousin and slapped him across the face. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those uh, one of those things that can, uh, at that age, hey, it's a yes, no. Oh, a, yeah, my family is so conservative. Like, <laughs> I think they're used to it now. I think it's to the point now I have so many tattoos that they don't know if it's new or not. Yep. So they stopped asking. It's all just... Part of yeah, I used to I used to wear pants and long sleeve shirts every Christmas, so my dad wouldn't see them. So probably for like two and a half years, and it got to the point where I was like, "Look, it's getting too hot, Dad. I've got tattoos." Yeah, he's like, "You got to hide them from your grandma," and I was like, "Nah, everyone's gonna. I'm just over it." It's done. Yeah, yeah. And he was fine. He's like, "Oh, they're actually really cool." And did you have you done many of your own to yourself or? or? Oh, self inflicting pain is so hard. Is it? Yeah, I've tried. It doesn't get me far. Mm. Archibald Prize. Mm. Dane then, and Bessie? Dane and Bessie. Um, How did that come about? I think dogs are awesome and especially when they can work to benefit people's lives. So mm -hmm. I contacted the army base at Nogra yep. and they hooked me up with Dane and Bessie and I spent a day there with him watching how they train the dogs and hang out with them and... Oh, it was so much fun. Those dogs are so cool. They're so friendly. They're all rescues. I couldn't believe that. I watched the um the video. Oh, yeah. Yep. I can't believe that rescue dogs all come from um, police training. Yeah. And then They're all they the rejects. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They just have to, the only requirement is to be interested in a ball. Is that it? And then you pass. Yeah. 
So then they can be educated from there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And was that a good experience to be able to obviously be out with the Defence Force and yeah, see what they go through? so many clearances to get in. Like for yourself? Yeah, and you have to sit and watch a boring movie. <laughs> Colleen used to work there. She used to be at Inogra? in aviating. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, once you're in, you're fine. But like, they're like, don't photograph this. You can't go over here. Don't look at that. Don't say this word. <laughs> okay. Wow. So there's a fair bit to it. Yeah. So um, actually, I still speak to Dane. He's pretty cool. He actually contacted me for a tattoo. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So actually you can, you can get his, um, that image for free on my website. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. It's, it's beautiful, hey? Yeah, it's really like, cool. It really is. It's a, it's a lovely image, that one. So how did, how did that go? And like, what happens with the Archibald price? How did that go? So you got to ship it to Sydney and then. What, the original? Yes. Yep. So, and then a group of panelists that. I don't think many of them have anything to do with art. They're just the trustees of the gallery decide whether they like it or not. It's very controversial because um, a lot of people that win it are like people that are known or like, I don't know, it's a little bit. Is it more like a socialite thing more so than someone that's experienced? I think it's who you know than what you know. And it's predominantly a painting prize. So the way I do my artwork, I watercolour it first and then I go over the top with pencil. Yep. So I think because I use predominantly pencil, I don't, like, I think they like to stick the more traditional oils and acrylics. Yep. And so I then, I entered another year, um, Mabel, she's 110 years old. I think she's 111 in September. So I entered her as well in it and I added more paint in that one than drawing. But it's just so expensive to ship your artwork down there, enter it, for them to just ship it back and be like, ah. Uh, <laughs> so they don't really give feedback or... No, not at all, but... It's so strange. You kind of know who's going to win. It's like everyone has turns because, like, you'll see the finalists every year are similar names and then eventually one of them wins. <laughs> like it's so like it's a, just they got to bite their time. Yeah. Yep. So I, I've kind of... Originally I have like, yeah, I'm going to win that one day and now I'm like, nah, I'm going to win better things. There's better prizes. Yep. So I've... I'll still enter it here and there if I want to, if I feel like I need to. But it's really good because the Brisbane Portrait Prize was created because of that and because it's such a traditional prize. The Brisbane Portrait Prize started last year, was the first year, and they've opened it up to digital photography, right. like any medium. And um, it's anyone that's got anything to do with Brisbane or... Um, like you don't even have to be famous to pet, like you could just draw Joe Blow and enter yep. him and as long as he lives in Brisbane or has something to do with Brisbane, yep. then it's all good. So I think that's why Toby was perfect for it. For sure. So that was, so that's only in its second year this year. Yeah. So um, entries close 16th of August. So I have to get Toby's entry in this week. How big is that? Big. Uh, <laughs> it's like that's a good scale. <laughs> it's two meters by twelve hundred high. Damn, huge! Yeah. So you got to you got to obviously organise a courier or take it there yourself. It Is it the same sort of idea? Just as fits in the Ute. Does it? Yeah. Yep. So, like, it's you have to drop it, get it to the portrait prize if you become a finalist. But it's a bit easier because it's at the powerhouse. Yeah, a lot better than Sydney. Yeah. So the, the, the Sydney ones, the Archibald Prize is done by the New South Wales Art Gallery. Yes. Well, they sort And it's of, run by the trustees of the... Of the Art Gallery. Archibald, yeah. Yep, or Archibald, sorry. So with the Toby one, what's the process mm -hmm. of that? You go there and do you like sketch it out on something that's like A4 or A3 or something? So... Or do you just take two metres by 1.2 metres there with you and Well, start? it was really hard because this year, because of social distancing, like I couldn't. So I just had to completely rely on what was in my head for ideas and then make sure that the photo I took wasn't crap. <laughs> right. So you take a photo. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I referenced off a photo. Yep. And this year was the only year that it didn't require a personal sit because of the COVID, um, which worked out handy. 
But I, I'm pretty sure that if COVID didn't come in, I don't think Toby would have been in one place for long enough for me to see him because nah, he's probably just not. travels too much. Yeah, he's, he's, his schedule is huge like throughout <laughs> the year. So, But however, like same same deal like we said before the show. Yeah. Th- just the time that he gives people, like it's just so easy with time. Like yeah. it, it's incredible for, for considering, you know, he's – He's Toby Price and really nice human. Yeah. But he's still like one of the best sportsmen that Australia's had in a long, so long time. So down to earth. Down yes. to earth, yeah. And yeah, just so so good with his time. So Yes, very generous. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah, it's 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 nice to see your side of it and especially what you were saying before before it's um before the show, it's really nice to hear, eh? So Yes. Um now <clears throat> what do you think of the art industry? Um I usually hate going to exhibitions. Like if I've got uh, – if I've made finalists for something, I usually drag my mum along and I'll get in there and just the atmosphere, I just – they're just a certain way. Like I'd like to use the word snobby but I don't. (laughs) You can. (laughs) I just – I feel like I don't fit in very well and I I always try and hide my tattoos and – like especially I have to have two different social media accounts because people that follow my tattoos aren't necessarily interested in the art, but the people that follow the art hate tattoos. So if I was to put, like, because I have one joint email and sometimes I put it up tattoo updates, I always get these emails back from, like, old ladies that follow me and saying, ooh, tattoos, gross, and I can't, I feel like I can't please everyone. So when I go to, like, exhibitions and I'm, around all these people that are that certain way and they're all a bit snotty and I just have to get out of there. My mum usually grabs as much champagne as she has and we're out, like we're at Guzman Gomez eating tacos. and Get the backpack empty. <laughs> yeah, so now sometimes I, I, I try not to go unless I've figured out some prizes they call you before you win something to make yep. sure you're there. Yep. So I sometimes wait for a phone call. <laughs> so you were never an art gallery person? No, not yep. at all. That's why I went straight into tattooing because I just didn't want to be in that way. And and when I had my own art gallery, I thought, well, I can do exhibitions the way I want to do them. What was that exhibition that you had in – there's the same deal as a video of in 2016 or 17? Yeah. Is it a big big house with um, hot rods and stuff? What what (laughs) what was that? So it was all my tattoo clients. I, like, dressed them up in all the clothes that I'd made and all the jewellery that I've made. Oh, so that was all your own. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we went to this lady's house uh, on the north side. One of my clients just knocked on her door and said, hey, can we use your house? And she's like, okay. So I did a painting for her and um, she let us use her house all day. And we took photos of of their tattoos and with the hot rods. And they're all my clients' hot rods. So that was fun. Wow. And then that was an exhibition of like just the photography with them and their photos and we turned it into calendars and stuff. That was so much fun. I keep thinking I should do that again soon, but <laughs> nodding. <laughs> but I just, I don't do the same thing twice. Yep. So it'd have to be like on a yacht or something better. Mm. Like, <laughs> so if you know anyone with a yacht, you can borrow for half a day. Something to do with trophy trucks. Oh, yes. Somewhere. Jumping over things and yeah. motorbikes doing flips and... That would be good. You've just created a whole new festival. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tattoo Freestyle Motocross Festival. Yes. So, yeah, because like, I watched the, a little bit of that video as well. I'm like, wow. That's awesome. You've been great stalking. This is. Yeah, well, you've got to know who you're talking to. Yeah, this is as well. fantastic. Especially, I guess, for, for my side of it, um, sort of that. And you, you're, you're not really into the art world either, by the sounds that you do your own, you blaze your own path. Yeah. So, for me, I like to know what it is you do a little bit more before I obviously talk to you as well. So yeah, who, who influences you in what you currently do? Uh, me? Yeah. Just you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what I feel like doing? Yep. If I, like I only like uh, drawing things that I've photographed myself or met myself mm-hmm. or, um, and I only do things that inspire me. So if I was to meet someone, say if I did meet Toby and he was a bit of an asshole, I probably wouldn't have painted him. Yep. No matter who he was, it just wouldn't sit in with that picture for f- like 500 hours wouldn't have been as enjoyable. So I really have to relate with the subject. Because there's nothing worse than meeting someone 
that you've got to do work with that you just can't stand. Yeah. And I like, especially with tattooing, I'm pretty picky with clients. Like I, if I gel with them, I know straight away if I gel with them or not. Yep. Or if their ideas are good or not. I've managed to filter out that over the years. So now I just get awesome clients all the time. I'm pretty lucky that way. That's good. So like I, I feel like if, if like I'm not money driven in that way, like if someone that didn't interest me offered me heap of money to do a drawing of them, I don't know if I'd agree or not. Yep. Doesn't mean. No. Nah. Doesn't mean anything to you. Happiness is everything. For sure. 100%. <laughs> the, um, with, the, with your studio... What's pre-COVID, what's a week look like for you? Oh, man, pre-COVID, that was like April, start mm-hmm. of the year. So what was I doing then? It feels so long ago. Um, I would have been working five days a week, um, yeah, from 8 a.m. till whenever I finish. Yep. And then I try and withdraw on a... Sunday, Monday, um, and then COVID kind of changed everything for me. Like it just, I'm like, I'm going to draw more now. So now I'm only booking, say, four days max, but I'm trying to just do like two or three a week. Mm -hmm. So I'm booked out now until October. I'm not taking bookings until I find out racing dates for the end of the year. (laughs) It all comes back to racing. It all comes back to racing. Um, so yeah, now I'm just concentrating on getting some solid drawing time in more than tattooing. Cause yeah. And is that drawings just for yourself or drawings to, to, to further sell or? Oh, either way. Yep. I just, if I, I've learned that I can survive on like such a, like a minimal, well, as long as I can cover mortgage, yep. I'm sweet. Like, <laughs> yeah. so just work. If I sell things and it's a bonus. Yep. Do you do your own printing? No. I have an awesome guy called Richard RW Promotion. He's down on the Goldie and he's been helping me out since day dot. Like since I started tattooing, he'd print my tattoo posters. He'd have mini exhibitions for me. He's a legend. So he does all my printing. He's actually um, printing our um, design for our Can-Am panels at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, he's one of those dudes that just print everything. He printed our OK and, you know, the OK sign and the SOS sign. Mm. Yeah, we left it on the track one day and I was like, damn it. So he printed us like three spares. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So he does everything. He does everything. So you're going to wrap the can name? Is yes. It? Yep. And is he doing the wrap as well? Or he's the, doing the wrap. The whole lot? Yeah. yeah. So we need sponsors. If anyone wants to sponsor us, we can stick some more stickers on. <laughs> How do you go for sponsorship in that in that world? Um, I don't know. Because we're pretty new to it, but we'll take whatever we can get. Like, we got one sponsor at the moment, and um, he's – we only got him, like, last week. And um, he's called Raffinet Media, so he's going to go through our GoPro footage and he's yep. bringing drones out and he'll do all that stuff for us when oh, cool. he can. Yeah. He does – I think he does some of the four-wheel drive he does. stuff. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's into all that. Stuff. Yeah. Cool. So he'll come to the events and that as well? He's going to try to because his yep. partner does weddings. So he has to um, help her out and their weekends. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So. Try it, and balance it out. Yeah. With with your shop now that you've got, which is obviously your, everything, your house, heaven. so I guess everything, heaven. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you must be pretty proud of that. Oh, yeah. Like if. Like I do guest spots in Canberra sometimes because I still have family down there. Right. And I work in a shop down there and it's – I sometimes dread it because I'm just in a normal tattoo shop again. Yep. No windows and I come home and I just like hug my studio. It's like, yep. don't leave me. Like like this morning I was sitting in there and the kangaroos just jump right past. and Yeah. Like I've – all the animals are like we've got a pig and she walks past and – Dogs are there. And What's your pig's name? Crack- crack- crackles. crackles it? <laughs> when did you get the pig? She's four. Yeah. So. So is that yeah. a key part to to happiness for yourself is to have all the animals around? Yeah, I don't know how people could live without them. Mm. They're just the coolest. So you got you got uh, German Shepherd. Got German Shepherd. Got the Bitza. Yep. <laughs> got um, one eye Gla, Blinky, um, and Crackles the pig. Yeah, right. Yep. And if I was home more, I would probably have 
geese and cows and everything. What if you put your one of your drawings? You like actually like all your drawings have got like a meaning or there's a story behind everything. Yeah. With the cows one, what are they local? Were they local cows or because there was the and there was the bull that had been in the drought and they tried to breed with. Is that right? Oh, that's Claire. Yeah, she's American. So that was the only pe- that's the only cow that I've never met. So um, I collaborated wow. with a photographer, Dan- yep. Daniel Turbot, and he just hit me up one day because he's he's a bit of an animal rights activist over in America, and he does um, human rights as well. And um, he said, "Hey, like I do a lot of this stuff. Do you want to collaborate?" And I said, "Yeah, I really want to do like a white." cow and he sent me photos of Claire from Critter Creek Sanctuary and um yeah she was cool and and it turns out that um I because I sent the prints of her to the the sanctuary and it turns out it was perfect timing because they had a big fundraiser on and they um raised some funds for her through that and um yeah I'd, I'd like to go there one day and and meet her what state that in? Do you know? Um, f- Florida. That's Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did read that. I think. As well. <laughs> the um, is your art like? Is it called pencil art? Would that be a, a good term for it or not? I don't know. I guess so. I'll call it pencil art. Okay, though. let's call it pencil art. Let's call it pencil art. Where do you see that going in the future? Everywhere. I think Red Bull should sponsor me, really, and then I can like draw all of their sponsored athletes mm. and travel with them. Just saying. <laughs> race, race the Red Bull trophy truck. Yeah. If they need a Navi, I can step in. Yeah. If they, if they need a spare driver, I'm sure I can figure it out. But is that is that pencil art something that's a bit like, same deal. I don't know a lot about art, but I'm sort of seeing it a little bit more in like in usage nowadays. Would that be accurate, do you think? I think it's more accepted now because yeah. most of the time, like back in the day, it was if it wasn't oils and it was worthless. Right. And I think times have changed and people are accepting that all art's art. Yep. Except I still don't understand digital art. I think people are pretty talented to draw on the computer because I don't understand computers. I don't understand how talented they are. Mm. So <laughs> it's a hard concept for me to grasp. Yeah, it's it's hard like I, I photographer, but I look at your art compared to something that I take. It feels like it's manufactured over something that's created. Yeah, Which, it still takes talent to take a photo, though. It does. A good photo, anyway. It does, but, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting line. Like, I just look at what you're doing, I'm like, wow. Like, <laughs> I can never, ever even just think about doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, as I say, drawing that 3D box in grade 10 at, uh, uh, graphic design, that's probably where I'm still at at that level now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting. As I say, the photo mm-hmm. stuff is really cool and there's a spot in the gallery for it. Yeah. But seeing what people can paint and actually um, draw is a total different field altogether. Yeah. I, well, I, I guess, though, like if you asked me right now to draw, if you picked something out of your head and made me draw something, it'd probably like look... Here. Yeah, I'd probably... Mine would look like a square. I don't know if yours would, but... <laughs> just a bit of scribble. It looked like the pen didn't work. Um, but it did still, like, my drawing would still look like I'd still have to sit down and put time into it. If I just did something quick, it'd just look like anyone's scribble. For sure. For sure. I can understand that. What about, uh, like, where do you see your, your art going in the future? Do you see your, yourself selling different works around the world further, travelling the world, doing tattoo work and pencil work? Or? Yeah, I'd like to. Yep. I mean, well, I've just sent a letter to the Queen. Hopefully she gets back to me. And I sent one to David Attenborough. I'd really love to paint him. Wow. Um, ideally both in the same painting. If they could get together for me, that'd be fantastic. Just a bit of a Queen and Attenborough collab. Yeah, because I just really like what they do with, like, tree conservation and, and the environment. and. Interesting to see what you do get back. I know. Well, I did, I, like, if I'd finished Toby's picture before them, I would have sent them that. But I just sent them some artwork and I was like, hey, pick me. That would be incredible. Yeah, I'll let you know when you can come over with me and yeah, I'll take film, the podcast. Film the Queen. <laughs> we'll do a podcast with the Queen. But uh, the, the things that David Attenborough has done, though, like on yeah. he, like the Queen is a different story. Yeah. She's sort of like um, 
the Beatles. She's like, <laughs> you know, people say it's like the best music, but you don't think it's always the best music, but it's more like oxygen. Yeah. It's always there. The Queen has just always been there. Yeah. Especially, what is it? She's 88 years old or 90 No, years old. I think she's like 93 or something. There we go. We have to get the, the executive assistant out. <laughs> but um, what have you learned so far through art? Um, I've learned not to paint things that people you think people want and just to do things that I want to do. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you get more uh, self, you know, self-gratification by doing something you really want to do. Yeah, because I've, I've, amount of times I've, drawn things that people are like, you should draw this, you're going to sell heaps of them. And I'll do it and I don't sell any. Yep. And then I'm like, why are they list? So that's why the car, the cows started because I was like, I want cows in the house. Yep. I'm going to paint these cows, raise money for animal sanctuaries and have cool artwork in my house. And then I've sold it like, I've sold a heap of them. So. That's awesome. Yeah. One just, one just went to um, Tennessee, a, a bison. So there's a bison place down in New South Wales and I got a photo of this bison. He's so cool. Then my new favourite cattle. <laughs> yep. So there's and, bison um, in New South Wales. Yeah. It's a bison farm. They eat them. It's kind of weird patting it knowing it's going to get turned into a burger at some point. I find that weird. Feeding a carrot. They're like, hey, come on, come feed carrots to the bison and then come have a bison burger. So <laughs> it's just, it's just there's odd. the front entry to the store is padding it and then <laughs> yes. the back entry is the restaurant. Tasting it, yeah. Wow. So I, I struggled with that part of it, but the animal was so amazing. So I had to draw it. And They're huge, eh? Oh, so like the stats on them, like they, they kill more people every year in America than like hippos or... Bison? Yeah. Yeah, right. They can get up to 40 k's an hour in like three seconds. Wow. You couldn't outrun them in the can I, I know. <laughs> and they don't get cancer. Don't they? No. Very they sharks. Mm. They mean what, sorry? Sharks. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. Must be something in their DNA. Yeah. don't know. So you, you're talking before the show started. Yeah. So you're quite the athlete too. So you've done good on. <laughs> Was it water polo? I can't sit still, you mean. <laughs> yeah, good on and water polo. Yeah. Two unique sports. Yes. What got you into those? I used to swim. Yep. And that was boring. So I <laughs> <laughs> so um actually a friend of mine, she's like, Hey, come um do water polo training with me one day. Yeah. And I did, and I was like, this is so much fun. You chase a ball. So much better than swimming laps. So, like, three weeks later, I was on the under-14 um, uh, state team and we were travelling to Perth. <laughs> Seriously, that's a long yeah. way from Canberra. Yeah, because I was the only one on the team that could swim. So, like, everyone else was half-drowning and and so I nailed it straight away. Yep. I just nail everything I do. <laughs> just talented. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, I don't stick with it if I don't, right? <laughs> it's a good way to be. <laughs> but yeah, so I stuck with that and by 16 I was in the Australian team yeah. and went to Canada and played for Australia and then it was coming up to Olympic time and it was, uh, I was lucky because I, when I lived in Canberra I was training at the AIS with the Olympic squad and I was on the brink of finishing school and I'd just come back from Australian tour from... Uh, New Zealand, I think we went to, and it made me think whether I wanted to stick with water polo and not have a career and live like a bum to then do the Olympics in four years' time and then maybe finish and then what, Mm. or just get straight into tattooing. And after I played with the last Australian team, I found it was too competitive. The girls weren't as friendly. And it was, it was not fun. Like it was so stressful and everyone was playing for themselves. It, it turned into not like a team sport. It was just Disappointing. Like, yeah. So it was easy to quit. <laughs> so I still play locally on the Gold Coast. Yeah. I play for a men's team and a girls team, which is fun. Um, but then, yeah, I, I um, found that Queenslanders don't like swimming in winter. Really? Yeah. So I picked up gridiron as my winter sport. Yeah. That was awesome. So I played like on a team. We only had enough players um, just to make a team. So we played offense and defense. So I got yep. to play quarterback and like defensive. So I got to do the tackling and the throwing, which was wow. great. And then had a knee reconstruction from that. So that was a year off. And then 
I found when I started the business and we bought a house, it was too risky not to, like if I had an injury, not to work and have an income. So I put that aside and I just play, um, I just play um, water polo locally and it's, I find racing's better. Like if I get an injury from car racing, it's worth it. Whereas Grenine wasn't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Just not the fun, not the amount of fun that you have. Yeah. Like it wasn't. The reward. Yeah. It was fun, but there was also drama. Mm. I guess that comes from team sport, doesn't it? Yeah. When whenever you're involved in team, there's so many personalities. Yeah, exactly. Our team was awesome, but the people outside of the team running the the um, league yep. was it was touch and go. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And Americans don't wear mouth guards. Not in water polo. They just chew gum. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Ah, uh, yeah. It was so weird. So it keeps their teeth locked into place. Apparently. Yeah. I wonder how many, like, bars of gum they need, though. Like, Probably you need, like, two? Oh, at least. Because one wouldn't, like, one, your teeth would still touch. Yeah. So they just sit there and chew gum throughout the game. Yeah. Yep. Although I never wore a mouth guard in water poly. And I just used to get poked in the eye heaps, so. Mm. No goggles either? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, they fog up. It's like, yeah. guys, just wait. Just yeah. need to fog <laughs> them. Time out. <laughs> yeah. Ah, very cool. For the Toby part, to the yes. Toby piece, where can people see it when it does become uh, online and everything like that? Well. What will happen there? Um, we'll only, like we're going to do a reveal to Toby. Toby will be the first person to see it. Um, yep. I was half thinking of just doing like a little stick man picture and being like, finished. Yeah, he'd love that. <laughs> see, see what he says. Yep. Um. And then from there, the finalists will be announced from Brisbane Portrait Prize. And if it's yep. announced as a finalist, then it'll be online and then it'll be on display at the powerhouse for a couple of months, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed it goes in there because it's something that um, like people would actually should see. I know. I can't. Like I'm so – It's. I've been so tempted to just put it on the internet and I'm like, yep. I have to restrain myself. <laughs> is there a rule with the with the portrait prize that it can't be revealed completely either? No, you could just show anyone you whenever. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they care. Mm. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I, I don't know. Don't think so. Is it a trick question? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no trick question. So we, we've been going for an hour and ten. Oh, awesome. First Harley's just started up, so that was uh, that was a bit good. later than we thought. Yeah. But uh, where can we find you online? www.carlabenzie.com.au And social media? Um, oh, which page? God, there's Carla Benzie on Instagram. There's Carla Benzie Artist on Instagram. So if you don't like tattoos, you can just follow the artist one. If you like both, follow the Carla Benzie one. And same with Facebook, Carla Benzie on Facebook. Yep. And then there's different pages for art and tattoos. Yep, perfect. Yeah. Well... Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks I can't for wait me. to see you try and hopefully win that prize. No, I'll win. Yeah. Don't jinx it. Well, Just I can't wait to see it on. at the powerhouse. Yeah, thank you. With yeah. the winning sticker thingy on it. For sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, once again, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> Thanks for having me.